Welcome to the WDW News Today podcast, episode number 12. My name's Eric Morton. With me, always, as always, is Tom Corliss. And today... Today I'm, I'm cosplaying as a bum. I didn't shave. I have a haircut. See, people I noticed in, in one of the videos that I did shave, which was mm. news in a very small segment of society. Yeah. And now I'm just letting it grow. I, I just shave every now and then to let my face breathe for a few days. Mm. But so, it's hard for me to keep my face moisturized in the winter sometimes. Is this know? where we do an it's ad for Manscaped cold. or something? Is that what's happening? Is that about? No. I, that's what they do on podcasts. Everyone's sponsored by that thing. Yeah, so I, don't know. I don't know. I just, stuff I bought from the store, I rub on my face. No. The, the one, like, skincare place at Disney. The Disney's. stuff he bought from the store that he rubs on his face is know. Reese's. Yeah. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter. <laughs> We're already so far off track. What was, the, <laughs> what was the place at Disney Springs? They had skincare products for men and women. The ganache. Keels. Kyle's. <laughs> it's Keels. Keels, yeah. Keels. Keels. I, had, I had some old Keels stuff, but you know how it gets yeah. all crusty after, like, it's been sitting there for a couple of years. I, I don't trust that stuff. I, I got to get some like stuff Ed from shaving gel. It's all I, I didn't. Ha I don't have any. Maybe we're going to get sent all of this product now. I doubt it. I don't need it. I have a beard. But yeah, I just I needed to moisturize. I forgot to order shaving cream this I week. try to moisturize my face like through my beard. It doesn't always mm -hmm. work. And then some of the stuff can build up on there and give you like like stuff that falls off of your beard. It looks like dandruff, you know. It's like I got like moisturizer that just I didn't get rid of or something. I don't know. It's gross, right? Yes. All right. So episode 12. What we're going to cover today is all the things that social media says Walt is rolling in his grave about. Because every day in our comments, no matter what we're covering, yeah. the subject matter of the story, whatever, Walt is rolling in his grave and about And now Elon something. Musk said it. He did. He said that, that yeah. we reported that today. So this is an interesting story. I don't know yeah. if we want to get into it. I do have this I don't want to talk about the Elon stuff because it no, gets no, it's funny. and I It's it. funny because... Basically, he made comments that a lot of companies said they wanted to distance themselves from that were perceived as anti-Semitic or whatever. And so a bunch of these companies stopped advertising on X. Yeah. I, you can't say X without saying formerly Twitter, right? You have yeah, because no one knows what X is. Right. So um, so basically, a bunch of these companies just stopped advertising. So someone asked him about it, and, and Musk is like, yeah, it's the dumbest thing I've ever said on social media. I apologize. That was really dumb. And then he proceeded to tell everyone who stopped advertising with him, like, F off, and that not advertising is, is blackmail, which is not – this is – he's a genius of our time, right? He doesn't know what the word blackmail means. It doesn't mean you don't advertise with someone because you don't agree with what they said. I think he's he's lost the genius of our time thing over time, I think. Yeah, I like – well, I don't no. know. They, look, you could be smart and not – not knowing when to shut up is definitely right. part of not being, you know. I mean, you you suffer from being a reasonably intelligent person that sometimes wishes he didn't say something that he said. Maybe you don't. I don't know. I just. I really wish I was less honest, so my life would have gone better. Yeah, that's the thing. So then he comes out. He says, "You know, Walt is rolling over in his grave," and I'm starting to wonder if Elon Musk is on Diz Twitter because maybe it, it does, seems like I mean, something it is you the, see. Every story, the stupidest things. I'm like, I don't know if that's the thing everything we do that. is that Walt. Yeah, is rolling. There's over some in things his I grave. agree with. I definitely the thought definitely goes through my mind sometimes when I'm at the park. Yeah. Um, I. Do you want to tell me what all the candy's about? Okay, so. You know how we just wasted a bunch of time talking about skincare products and shaving cream? Um, there was another episode where we wasted a bunch of time 
Uh, and one person in the comments definitely let us know what happened. They're going to be super happy about this opening. Um, we argued about what was the right Reese's. Like, what's the best Reese's? You said you I, only wanted trees. I like the trees, and the pumpkins. hearts, and eggs and pumpkins. Yeah. yeah. Those are my favorite. I said I like the regular cups because I like that regular. ratio. Yeah. And so after that happened, a giant box arrived at my cubicle. Um, and I opened it and I found a letter. I'm going to read you the letter now. Tom and Eric, my wife and I were watching your podcast on YouTube a few weeks ago and loved your banter regarding Reese's and whether the classic cup or the seasonal items were better. It just so happens that I work for Hershey and wanted to provide some samples so the debate could be decided once and for all. Some of the items in the box are brand new. Not asking for any shout outs, but you got one. Uh, but wanted to provide some holiday treats to the staff. We enjoy your news show the most as your team always gives an honest and real review of what's happening at Disney and Universal. Hope you have a great holiday. P.S. If you want the ratio of chocolate to peanut butter and Reese's uh, when there isn't a season, just buy the Reese's Big Cup. It's the same ratio. So David and Lindsay. David and Lindsay, this is such a sweet. Thank you so much. Like literally a sweet thing. And the big, do, cu the big cups are the same ratio as the standard cups, right? Not no, the little he, Halloween ones. No, he's he, saying... Uh, the the big cup is the same peanut butter chocolate ratio as these. Oh, as the season. Okay. So I argued that I don't like the ratio. Like, don't get me wrong. Any Reese's is delicious. This is not because we know someone at Hershey. Like, who doesn't love Reese's? There's a reason it sells as well as it does. Um, like, no one's ever going to turn down a Reese's peanut butter cup unless. They're the Perhaps little weird Halloween mini. The tree or the pumpkin or the heart or the egg are next to it, right? So, That's but there's also theory. Kit Kat here. They also sent us this like brand new Kit Kat. What is it? Chocolate frosted donut. Let's start with that then, since that doesn't have anything to do with the argument. I would have thought well, we Reese, did talk about Reese's Kit sticks. Too, do you like Reese's sticks? I don't even know what that is. They're kind of like a Kit Kat. They're like a wafer, chocolate covered wafer, peanut butter. Thing. Oh, they're I've great. Never heard of that. I've heard of Reese's Puffs. It's a cereal. I was never allowed. They're to not have as it. good as you could tell. It made a big difference in my health. <laughs> not having that one cereal. Maybe two. Yeah, two is the two is the right amount. You have to eat two. Two at the same time. Do these time? come yeah. from the left factory or the right factory? Don't uh -oh. they? Oh. They smell oh. good. Yeah. So you can see it doesn't look like a uh, regular Kit Kat, right? It has the colors of a chocolate frosted donut. I'm getting coffee. Right? Is there coffee in there? There's not, but it tastes like no. it. I love that Kit Kat does all these crazy flavors. Like, you go to Epcot in Japan, they have a bunch of different ones, right? Green tea. What? You know, if you go to actual Japan, they have them. Some of us cannot afford to go to actual Japan. That's not true. It's cheaper than you think. Somebody's got to host the news. Wow. That's good, but I prefer the regular. I prefer regular, too. It's good. It's funny how it's got the... You know how the peanut butter and jelly shake at 50s primetime, people always say, I, they swear they can taste the bread. But they don't put bread in it. Right? So they like it tastes like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. People swear they could taste even the bread. And that's what I feel it's happening here. Like, it's flavored to a chocolate-frosted donut. But the funny thing is I feel like I can taste it dunked in coffee. Yeah. Right? Isn't that weird? I would call that dumb, but we just completed a review of Eat, 
Yeah. The restaurant in Disney so Springs, hungry. and we both agreed that one of the sauces tasted like a Halloween Horror, Horror Nights house. Tastes like fog juice. Yeah, tasted like the fog in a Halloween right, let Horror me, Let me cleanse my palate yeah. between. Is this scientific? Are we just... That was good. I actually prefer a regular Kit Kat. It's certainly not bad, but, but I would want a regular Kit Kat or some other. You know, I'll be honest, even having bought them in Japan, I'm not crazy about the flavored Kit Kats. I never think they're... I think they got the Kit Kat right the first time. Yeah, I think the green tea ones are interesting and good. They're I think good. A- it's just, I think they got it right the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with. But I will right. tell you, if you get a Kit Kat in like Canada or or Europe or with anywhere else, the regular, yeah. it's way better, right? Because we use so much garbage. Um, are we eating the whole, are we eating all of these? You want to leave the tree for now? Do you want to start with something else? Well, you have to compare them. Yeah, I need to compare uh, one bite of each. You right? want to share a tree? I don't okay. want to share, share a tree. Share, share. No, okay, you can keep. No, those. I'm eating a whole tree. I'm sorry. This is what I live for. These things. I don't like that they put the calories right on the little package now. One hundred and seventy. One tree is hundred and seventy calories. I'm just gonna bite the top. Oh, it's already broken off for me. Perfect. So I'm, I like it. I feel like it. So much peanut butter there. Yeah, it's just a little bit, oh a little bit too much. I almost can't taste the chocolate. The, it can't fight off that peanut butter taste. Too thick. Too agree. thick. Everyone's gonna have to give me a minute. You need. You're gonna. Eat, oh, these are different. These are uh, caramel big cups. Yeah, that's. I don't know if I really want caramel in a Reese's. Right. Oh, these are Either way, the trees are still better than no. I hate. I, hate is a strong word. I do not oh, prefer the small Reese's cups that you get like Halloween that are individually wrapped. I agree. Those are junk. Yeah. Those are garbage. I've never had a Reese's big cup of any flavor, so I don't know. I haven't either. But I've had the sticks, and you've never had the sticks. Oh, this, yeah, this I've is definitely had, thicker. This is definitely now more I've like the Now, I've had the big cup that's like this. One Thanksgiving, one of my friends bought us all the, the like, like mega. Like a pie? Kind of, but it was just a big cup. It wasn't a pie. Oh, these are heavy. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I could knock someone out with this. Is it good? I love caramel. I love peanut butter. I love chocolate. You smell the caramel. I I don't love the ratio. The balance there is just a little. It's good. Trust me. I would crush a bunch of these, but with what I have sitting in front of me, I'm still going for the traditional Reese's. No, you don't like it's it. It's terrible. You think it's terrible? The caramel ruins it. I don't but love I think it. the ratio's off anyway. I don't know. So, and if I if I weren't paying attention, I might snag one of these at the checkout stand and be like, "Oh wait, caramel, I guess." And then that's what they count on, right? Try to spread the product around and let you find other things you like. There are people that are going to love that. They're, I'm not one. Yeah, masochists. Oh come on. Well, now for comparison. We should have a snack blog. Forget news. 
It's a saturated market. Are there a lot of snack bloggers? Oh, yeah. There are tons of people who do this kind of stuff. We're not qualified. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Back to perfection. The original. Wow. Oh, perfect. Oh, were these were these chilled? Even better. In the oh, this was in the fridge. What are you a savage? I didn't you notice it with the other You one. think I'm a savage? I left them out. I thought you just pulled them out of a box. I put them directly in the fridge, like a human being. Perfection. I will say it's better than the big cup, right? I'm not averse to a regular Reese's. I just like the tree better. Yeah. That's good, though. What are we missing to make a party complete? Oh, the Cheez-It. We've had the Cheez-It discussion. Are you just trying to get other people that work for other <laughs> to, companies to send them? anyone works for Sunshine? No. What's the best kind of cheese? It's the Tabasco ones anyway. No, actually, I have a gripe with Cheez-It, which is if you go to Publix or wherever your local grocery store is, it's very easy to get fooled in accidentally getting, like, the low-fat or the low-sodium version of these things. You've got to get the right ones because there's so many of them. You're like, same thing with Wheat Thins, by the way. I love, I'm love. i a sucker for Wheat Thins. I do love Wheat Thins. Cheese Nips, although I think we agree are don't inferior. Dare. They're gone. They, they don't exist. I don't think Good. they exist anymore. But at least you, you always know well what eat, you're getting with those. You might as well eat cheddar-flavored cardboard at that what, But better cheddars. I don't see them I much. I know what that is. Oh, they're the best. They're like a thinner, more delicate cheese it, and they're in a disc. Yeah. Oh, they're great. But I, they're hard to find anymore. They're, I think they're made by the same people that make, like, chicken in a biscuit and all that. Oh, the good stuff. So with cheese it I've heard in other countries – they don't really have variety. There's maybe three or four boxes of Cheez-Its. And then people come here and they look in the aisle and they're like, oh, my God, you have like half an aisle dedicated to Cheez-Its. Sriracha Cheez-Its. It's like that's the beauty of America. Yeah. Those Tabasco. Choice. I love those Tabasco Cheez-Its. Oh, but, I mean, the originals are pretty good. They're, the original's great. I don't. White cheddar and Tabasco, though, are phenomenal. You're going to disagree. And someone from the Sunshine, somebody that watches if they work at Sunshine can – Tell me, I think the Cheez-Its in the individual packages are not as good as the ones in the big box. And I don't know if they're using a different preservative or a different process, but they're not. They're close, right? They're close, no, I but agree. they're not as good. I don't think good. they are. We have those little bags, and every time I eat them, I'm like, why do I not like these as much? And now you've, you've nailed it. You need the, the box. Yeah. It has to be the There's box. Something There's something about the box. something different about – I don't know. It's that they, they all – Get shaken up in there and like kind of the the there's like inside of the bag of Cheez Its, right? There is like this whole different ecosystem, right? There's like this cheese dusty air, yeah, right? There's like always it feels like the dust its of own the, biome, the dust of the <laughs> Cheez Its is always like floating. Like if you were shrunk into like Wayne Zelinsky yes. thing and you went in there, there'd just be like an orange mist you'd have to like fight through. <laughs> <laughs> Is the air breathable in the cheese? We're not sure. <laughs> you ever take uh, like chicken uh, chicken strips and you uh, bread that you smash up a bunch of cheese? It's in Do a bag. Do you think I've done this? You probably don't even know where your kitchen is. 
No, but you like, you know, you you like dip them in like an egg wash, right? And you put them in a Ziploc bag that has cheese that's that you've bashed up as like a breading. And yeah. then you cook those. That oh. isn't really like an Italian New York thing. My mother made like chicken cutlets, right? But they were always no. You just add the cheese. With regular breading. It's like if you want to be like uh, Planet Hollywood, then you smash up the Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. Right. Yeah, we didn't do anything. My mother stuck to the the, the recipes. She wasn't like um, I know your significant other like loves to try new stuff constantly. Yeah, my she mother does. did not. That wasn't a thing. No, you you look you look come you come from a more traditional background. It was me. like, you know, we're having we're having spaghetti and meatballs on Sunday. We're like from the Lee and I are both from the Midwest. It's the That's rules, why all right? the best like fast food is born in the Midwest though, right? Because people tried weird stuff. Yeah, I get I mean, Kansas we had I guess Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut started in Kansas. Stuffed White crust changed. White Castle world. started in Kansas even though they don't have White Castle in Kansas and, anymore. See, White Castle that that's associated with New York and New Jersey mostly. But it's yeah. not even from there. It just it, it expanded that way, but then failed where it originated, and then ended up just staying in the Northeast. Wow. I don't even. You know, what my favorite thing is at White Castle. It's not even the hamburgers. The chicken rings. Oh, they're disgusting. They're so. I love the idea of them, and I've never had them done right. I, I think them. when they opened the one here, they either messed up or I didn't know. And I've only been the only other White Castle I've been to is in yeah. Vegas, and they weren't. Was it Vegas? Yeah, I think it was Vegas. They, yeah, here. So you that guys place does not me, have its act together. That's a pretty rough White you Castle. You guys brought me White Castle on the opening day from the one here because you yeah, guys yeah, went, yeah. and you, I asked for chicken. I didn't ask for burger. I asked for chicken rings and fries. I brought you some, yeah. And I think you were there when I, I bit in that first chicken ring, and the first thing I said was, "This is not right." Yeah, and I was like, "This is this is incorrect." Right. Um, but the first thing, I do, if I go home for the holidays or something. My parents will pick me up for the airport, and it'll be late usually. It'll take like a late flight because um, it usually be at the end of a work day here. Like it'll be a day we have to record. What's the most convenient airport to the Bronx? Technically LaGuardia, but JFK is not. Despite yeah. what my father will yell, JFK is not. It's not that big a difference. Yeah. LaGuardia is geographically closer, but you're probably more likely to, to sit in traffic. They've cleaned up LaGuardia. I've only been out of LaGuardia. No, no, no. So LaGuardia, there's a hack. There's a hack. You you literally, there's like a bus that takes you, not not to the Bronx, but there's a bus there that'll pick you up at LaGuardia. You can Google this. It's on YouTube, the video. It saved me a lot of money because I used to always Uber in or take a taxi like $55, $60 to Midtown. And there's a bus, the Q something, right? And it takes you to a nearby uh, subway station. You take that, boom. You're in you're in Manhattan in like ten minutes. No yeah. muss, no fuss, no sitting around in tunnels, nothing. My father drove. Uh, you're right there in Q-bus. Times Square. Not that yeah. one. Yeah. At a, I flushing, wish at a flushing Meadows Queens, my father drove a bus for twenty. I years. wish your dad was. I wish I had a commuting route where your father was my daily bus driver, and he could just regale the me with stories. All are, his stories. The stories are amazing. Yeah. I can't. They can't. None of them can be said on this show, but they're they're amazing. Much like. Both regular Reese's peanut butter cups and the trees. Okay. But not the big cup. We no one liked the big cup. But the individually packaged Cheez Its, the, the, no, ori- the junk. Don't the, buy the little bag. The original Sunshine Baker is rolling in his grave. Which is what Walt Disney is back doing according to social media. Oh my god. And I think you know where I'm gonna start. What is the do you think there's like a Cheez Its fandom and what is their horizons? I need to know like what is the discontinued Cheez Its product? 
that I don't know, that but is the, the horizons of the Cheez-Its community. There, but last year, because Lee graduated from Purdue, so she went mm-hmm. to the Cheez-It Bowl. I was out of town. She went to the Cheez-It Oh, is that the one where bowl. they had the room made of Cheez-Its, like, decor? I don't know, but a it's in Orlando. Years ago was a thing. It's in Orlando. And the best mascot I've ever seen. He's just the giant, like, Mr. Cheez-It running around yeah, on the yeah. field. He's great. Anyway. Mr. Ch- Mr. Ch- his name can't be Mr. I don't know what his Cheez-It. name is. Oh, man, they're talking Kit Kat versus Twix. Reese's Sticks. Could oh, I'm be, oh. Kit Kat over Twix. Wow. Don't be wrong. I like Twix. It's the only cookie, the only candy bar with the cookie crunch. You know what? That I screwed up. I was saying, was this for the left or right factory? That's Twix, right? Is it? Is, That's Twix. That's it's Twix that does Kit the left Kat, and yeah. right factory. The yeah. two brothers that broke up, kind of like they're a, separated, right? Kit Kat. They couldn't come from different factories. They're connected. Yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. If you guys go and if you comment under the show with the word chocolate. We'll send you this half-eaten package. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> You get half a Reese's Caramel Big Cup. If you can't, yeah, joking, so the story, what, that. right, that's a great story. Two brothers or something ran the Twix, and then they they broke up with each other. They fought. It's like Trader Joe's and Aldi, right? They're like two brothers. That That's not real with Twix. No, no, no. I like that they it's took this story. Because story, yeah. you think there's the, they're all German, right? It's Trader Joe's and Aldi are yeah. like German, uh, some German brothers that, mm-hmm. like, Got mad at each other and broke up and started separate businesses. Yeah. And uh, Adidas and Puma. Yeah. Also, two brothers that fought. Also from Germany. Yeah. And here at Epcot, we just have two brothers that got into a war. But they didn't start rival snack stands in World Do you like Trader Joe's? I haven't been in ages. Yeah. I, like, I, don't, I don't go to Legos a lot. There I don't. are two things from Trader Joe's I love. They're those, those dipping chocolate chip cookies, the Dunkers. Yeah. You know, they're the long yeah, yeah, stick yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then cat cookies. Yeah, they also have like those Stroop. There's like some Stroop waffle type of cookies mm-hmm. that they have that are not, I, I don't know. I didn't ever have a Stroop waffle until I flew like, I changed airlines one time and flew something I didn't normally yeah, fly. And I was like, maybe as United or something had Stroop waffle. I was like, oh yeah, man, these are good. And then Trader Joe's had a version of them that are fantastic. So We should probably talk about Disney. Well, so someone in the comments started screaming, you guys go off topic too much, which is true. But, hey, this podcast is partially designed to help you get through your work day. You're bored. You're sitting at your desk anyway. Uh, Are we really ruining your Excel spreadsheet? I don't know. I've seen it it happen. No, no, I've seen it like in a video. The wigs are along for the ride. They're like, we've heard everything you have to say about Disney. Let's talk about Junk. The Wigs are uh, joining us. If you are a Wigs member, uh, you're able to watch us record this live. So this normally airs on Tuesdays around 10 a.m. Uh, it didn't this past Tuesday because we were at Epcot for the opening of, uh, uh, what's it called? World Celebration. Yeah. Uh, but normally Tuesdays, and we record, in this case, on Fridays. The Wigs most join Fridays, us live. Yeah. They get to see, most Fridays, we, they get to see what Jake sees, right? Jake sees... All of the options of different shots he wants to use in the wigs can join us live, and they're in their own uh, private wigs Discord that we offer. If you're interested in becoming a wig or maybe just learning more about it, you can go to patreon.com slash WWNT or WWNT.com slash Patreon. Yeah. So there you have it. As little as two bucks a month, you can be And we're talking about in early next year, you'll be able to watch me record the news live. We are considering... Letting like people like come same. into the studio That's to watch Tom thing. film WWE yeah, News today. We're talking about major. It. There are some little hurdles we got to overcome. Yeah. Number one, getting Tom to commit to showing up at a specific time is not always easy. You know, and we work. The other thing is we work in news, right? I'm sorry, I'm probably still covered in Reese's. 
we work in news, right? And some, you know, no, no news week is the same as others, right? Things, sometimes things are very busy. Sometimes things are not. And that'll dictate how long news today is, how short news today is. Sometimes we kind of wait, right? There's some, there's some, uh, there's definitely been Fridays where I go to Jake. I'm like, we're going to record at 11 a.m. And it's like, you know, Jake, I don't really have anything here. Maybe we should, I think it's actually been some Mondays now I'm thinking yeah. about it where I'm like, let's give them another hour or two. Cause I don't, I don't have like a whole lot here. There's a lot of balls in the ears. It sounds really simple. Like, Hey, we're just going to do a news show every yeah. three times a week, but we have editor video editors, and it depends yeah. on when they're they're going to be available to edit. Yeah. What other what other important breaking things are they editing at that time, or yeah. um, what's happening in the news? Does Tom have to be in a park eating some new food for us, or whatever he's doing, yeah. watching a new show, of a planter, you know. taking pictures of a uh, a planter with unfortunate uh, parallels in design? Leave the jokes for news tonight. Yeah. So um, anyway. Walt rolling over in his grave. We yeah, just took us because of Reese's big cups with Carol. Oh no, stop. You're getting us back <laughs> off track and one person in the comments he, is gonna get mad. He all he wanted to do was drink a martini, smoke a cigarette, and eat a, a Reese's tree. They definitely he didn't, existed he didn't, in his he didn't life drink time. martinis. He drank his drink was the scotch mist. Remember they they gave that to us in Marceline. That doesn't they mean made... he only drank scotch mist. I know, but I no, you're supposed to pretend that Walt only did certain things and he did them all all the time. They also went on a 40-minute tangent about bread. Remember every day? Every day the Sherman brothers would come and play for him at the end of the day, and he'd say that's what it's all about when they'd play yeah. uh, Feed the Birds. Yeah, that every day. Uh, that's I what the internet Rob says. Come in and play Spike the Bee every day. <laughs> oh boy. And you say that's what it's all about. <laughs> play my song. Spike. Let's talk about alcohol in Disney parks. What do you say? We usually do. This should get people amped up. Yeah. So the conventional thought is that Walt didn't want any alcohol at Disneyland. Yeah. Therefore, he must not want it in any park that has a castle. People made that part up. Uh, It is true that he had quotes about alcohol in Disneyland. Uh, He was quoted Saturday Evening Post at one point, quote him saying, no liquor, no beer, nothing, uh, because that brings in a rowdy element. That brings people that we don't want and I feel don't need. I'm sorry. I feel they don't need. I feel when I go down to the park, I don't need a drink. After I come out of a heavy day at the studio, sometimes I want a drink to relax. I work around the place all day, and I don't have one, though. So Not Not to call Walt a hypocrite. But Walt had an apartment in Disneyland, and there was definitely a bar in it. So, uh, that's true. So I don't – Walt, I love you, but – Well, that's the thing is people have enshrined these words yeah. in stone as if nobody ever yeah. evolved and changed. And Walt was the first, would be the first to evolve and change. Keep in mind, when Disneyland opened, he also uh, didn't want chewing gum, cotton candy, Peanuts or ice cream bars. Yeah. As they sickied so, and dirtied up the place. Yeah. Uh, they had a dress and appearance code excluding yuppies with long hair and people with visible tattoos yeah. for a time. Um, keep in mind, they also had a tobacco shop, which is decidedly yeah. more taboo now than it was back then, where I think alcohol was a little more taboo then than it is now because there were generations that had lived through prohibition yeah. that were still... 1955 you know, is not terribly far removed yeah, from so, that time, right? Yeah, uh, so it would make sense. Also, yeah. uh, Walt did approve alcohol at Club 33. So what Walt wanted was essentially no alcohol for the public, but only within the yeah. berm because they had, um, what was it? Let's see. 
Holiday, uh, was it called Holiday Land? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he had an entirely different attitude about Holiday Land. The rentable recreation and picnic facility uh, accessed yeah. in Disneyland's first decade by its own parking lot entrance. Uh, it was catered by the park's Red Wagon Inn. Uh, event rentals and picnic lunches were hosted in Holiday Land. Came with bottomless beer. So yeah. right there outside the gate, they're serving bottomless beer to people. Do you, yeah. you know, I don't think that this is... Well, it was a teetotaler so much as he didn't want the liquor to be the attraction, right? And in those days, I think he also wanted to broaden the appeal because he had financial need to expand his appeal, and that would include uh, those kind of people that didn't didn't want alcohol because they could go anywhere and see alcohol. So they figured this is something new that will interest people, and he had a business interest in trying to appeal to some of these people that maybe had come up in the Prohibition age and did not drink. Um, well, I, here, here's what I think happened, right? Like he... He decided immediately he wanted a park and it would be different in every way from what he didn't like about amusement parks of the time, right? Right. And so amusement parks of the time were, what were they? They weren't themed. They were dirty. The people that worked there weren't particularly nice. People were drunk. Like all of those things. He's like, my my park will be different, right? That's what he told his wife. My park will be different. And so it wasn't that Walt Disney was morally against the existence of alcohol, he was trying to find all the ways that the park would be this fairy tale, right? How do you right. create a world that is spotless and friendly and does not carry any of the, you know, any of those distinctions of, of an amusement park or a peer, amusement pier of 1955, right? So alcohol gets lumped in there because it's part of the things that are the problem, at those parks, right? If you also didn't want Ferris wheels. Uh, Walt was also self-aware. Yeah. Walt was aware that he had assumed this cult of personality that was a little bit beyond who he was as a human being. Yeah. And he was quoted saying to a friend something like, Walt Disney doesn't smoke, I smoke. Walt Disney doesn't drink, I drink. Like yeah. he was aware that people were holding him uh, as this character of an uncle and in many cases – had expectations of, and that we might be above and beyond what his yeah. own expectations in life. You of how are the, he, the king of family entertainment, right? right? So there's an expectation, right? Uh, there was also in Disneyland, hope it's worth mentioning, a, a store on Main Street that sold women's unmentionables. Yeah, the, right? the Wizard of Bras. Bras. Yeah, they had a bra store on Main Street USA when they opened. It was, I think, they got evicted after about six months, but it did exist. There. So they're selling tobacco and bras. Let's not pretend that Walt's objections to alcohol in the parks yeah. were purely moral. Uh, and let's not pretend Im- that he would have the same. Is bra immoral? It, it serves I'm saying, a function. No, but I'm, what I'm, I don't think that drinking is immoral either. Yeah. But I think in general, like, it but could like, be perceived is- as scandalous to sell women's intimates in uh, a theme park for families, right? And they I don't. They were stores, right? There wasn't an age where they were like, we'll fill all these stores with spirit jerseys and Crocs. And like, that all didn't exist. Like, there was some Disney merchandise, but it wasn't, you know, they didn't have stores and stores and stores it's just of a merchandise tenant, right? to it's sell. Just a yeah. There was rentable mall space essentially on Main Street. Yeah. yeah. I don't I, I wonder today if at Disney Springs they would accept Victoria's Secret. I don't know. I'm like, sure they would. I think they would. Yeah. And times I don't think they'd be allowed to put the usual ads up. But. Yeah. Times change, yeah. right? And I think Walt actually changed with times. So he might very well have approved if he were alive today. Of alcohol in the parks. We don't really know. We can't apply How could you have possibly done Epcot without alcohol? All these countries 
where alcohol is not stigmatized, right? How could you have had a French pavilion where you couldn't serve wine? No French restaurateur in a million years would have come and done business with you if they couldn't serve wine. uh, Beer is uh, important in German culture, right? Kids... I, I had friends that were German that were like, hey, I was getting sips of beer at the table from my dad when I was, you know, yeah. seven, eight years old. It's part of it, right? You have um, uh, the UK, obviously. Yeah. That alcohol is important to the way that they get together socially. So, yeah, yeah Epcot, obviously, well, Ep- not that Epcot is congruent with Walt's original vision for Epcot anyway. And it also wasn't, the other thing you have to remember, like all, everyone now will talk about Epcot, it's a drinking park. That, that wasn't how it started, right? Like, yeah, all these bars existed, but people didn't overdo it. People didn't come there with the idea, I'm going to go get drunk at Epcot. That's something that happened as the world, you know, ruined itself. <laughs> we, we decided but, to, to make it that. But we we operate a news website, and we yeah. inevitably get hundreds or thousands of comments on Twitter, Facebook, oh. on, um, you know, just on the website in general. And whenever there's a, an incident, Someone got in a fight. Someone stole something. Someone fell down. Yeah. Somebody got off of a ride. Inevitably, the inevitably, ten percent of the comments are like, "This is because alcohol." They're automatically assuming the yeah. person or people were drunk. A lot of these fights. Look, a family yeah. brawling outside Peter Pan's flight or PhilharMagic, yeah. you know, in Fantasyland. I doubt that whole family is is brawling because of alcohol. No, In fact, it's very it hard to get alcohol. Yeah. It's very expensive and difficult to access alcohol in the Magic yeah. Kingdom, right? Because while they've added it, you, you have to go into a table service restaurant, some yeah. of them with very difficult reservations to, yeah. to get, and spend a no lot of money. No one's coming out of no those table out service out of, restaurants sloshed. They might, I mean, when they get the bill, maybe. You might go, like, you know, add a couple of beers to this. But in general, I, drunkenness is not an issue at... at uh, the Magic Kingdom. No. I think they need to outlaw mm-hmm. humidity. I think a lot of the fights are because of humidity. <laughs> People are hot yeah. and miserable all day, and then they're, you know, that makes them, you know. I, I think also just kind of uh, culture. Well, number one, obviously, everyone's got a camera and access to the internet yeah. in their pockets. Yeah. All this makes it. But also, I think we are currently at a stage in our society when everyone's on edge and assumes the worst about everyone else yeah. around them. So I think, yeah, that might that might contribute to this uh, more than alcohol. Now, look, there have been episodes that undeniably involved alcohol that we've reported on, usually, the brothers, usually at Epcot. The Jersey Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I don't know about the Jersey Brothers. They, they were, said they were playing. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. I'm thinking of uh, the people who were who was brawling on the ferry boat. There were brothers brawling on the ferry boat, too. I don't remember. Maybe. Yeah. There's been all these kind of things, but... But, you know, there's also, like, look, the guy at Disneyland that stripped down, you can come up with a million different explanations for what he did, yeah. and and just as feasible is that he suffers from some kind of mental health problem, yeah. or he was doing illicit drugs, or someone paid him a lot of money to do it. What, the guy that jumped into the yeah. into the World Showcase Lagoon allegedly got paid $6,000 to do it? Did it for money. He wasn't drunk. He may have been drunk, too. But but I think he made a conscious decision. Right, to he made a conscious money, decision yeah. to make six thousand dollars. I think if he was sober, he still would have done it. Yeah, that guy didn't care about not being welcomed back at Disney World. Yeah, but there's a segment of our society that likes to blame alcohol for oh, for, for sure, everything, yeah. or they blame, um, you know, anyone they don't like, they lump into a group and blame them for the decline of civilization. Yeah. 
So that is going on for sure. But I think uh, definitely I get a lot of Waltz rolling over in his grave now. And I would challenge you to say prove that Walt didn't. Look, there's a story, by the way. There are a couple stories about Walt partying a lot. And they tell one on the, I don't know if they still do, but I took in 2000, I don't know, 2008, something like that. I took the Walk in Walt's Footsteps tour at Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And so what they tell is a story of Walt and Lillian's 30th anniversary party. It took place shortly before Disneyland opened. Mm -hmm. Everyone's hammered. Yeah. Right? They're they're drinking mint juleps on the Mark Twain. They go into Diamond Horseshoe for the first, like, performance of the Diamond Horseshoe review before it was open to the public. Um Walt's having a raucous time. He's dancing, which he rarely did. He had taken dance lessons to surprise his wife. This is the way the story's told. Um, but his behavior concerned her. I guess he stepped over a line a few times that night, and she said, "My next for our next anniversary, you better get me a big rock. And if that's why there's the giant petrified rock out the in tree. front of the golden horseshoe yeah. or the petrified tree yeah. yeah, out in front of that. He bought that as a joke to her saying, next anniversary, you get me a rock. And then she I don't gave know if it's it to him for the park. That's a real yeah. thing. Yeah. No, that's well, the real story. Yeah. That's absolutely so, a real story. Uh, that did happen. There's also a, a legendary party that took place uh, in 1938 after Snow White had become a big success. So when Snow White came out, it was a... It was a gigantic success. Yeah. It really made the studio. It put the There's studio. There's also a gigantic risk. Yeah, huge risk, huge success. So Walt decides we're going to have a gap. We're going to have a big like they call it Walt's Field Day, I think. And they went to some resort out in the California desert somewhere. And keep in mind, these animators are young. They've you know been working seven days a week for three or four for years several years to get yeah. this movie out. Uh, and they get out there, and, and there's rumors. Hey, we're gonna. Th- there are a couple ways that this rumor, that this story goes. One of them is they all think there's a rumor that Walt is gonna take all these like excess profits and give everyone a twenty percent cut of it mm-hmm. as a bonus. And these people yeah. are gonna set to get thousands of dollars. Instead, what they're getting is like a weekend of like, you know, Uncle Walt saying, "Hey, we're gonna cover your horseback riding fees at this resort." Yeah. And people were mad. Either way. People got out of control, drunk and wasted. Yeah. Beer was, you know, I don't know, 15 cents or something like that. And people raged out. And it was like a legendary party. Yeah. Uh, some of these guys, man, some of these old anim- – keep in mind, this is a different time. The animation department yeah. was segregated at the time. Like, and I don't mean racially, right? Yeah. Racially, they didn't have full-time animators on staff until the 60s. Um, it segregated basically um, women worked in ink and paint. Yeah. The men worked as like – primary artists and fill-in artists yeah. and camera operators, and they were supposed to not fraternize, and of course they did, yeah. including uh, one one legendary Walt animator did. who, one legendary animator who, uh, there was a 14-year-old girl who was basically uh, hired to be the model for Snow White. She was a dancer, and yeah. a couple years later, he ended up marrying her. When she was, I think she was seventeen, and he was like thirty or something like that. But that did happen, right? Yeah. Some of these uh, Walt, affairs. But Walt married one of his ink and paint girls. That is absolutely true. Lillian was was an ink and paint girl. So, um, you know, and that didn't stop later in their years. I mean, I've heard stories of of the Imagineering oh, days in wild the sixties. I mean, it was the sixties, right? They were creatives mm-hmm. in Los Angeles in the sixties. Do you think they didn't party? Do you think they didn't do drugs? Do you think they didn't drink? Yeah, and profusely, and there are things well beyond those things they did. You know, the rumor has so it. So what the so. public has made up though is that Walt didn't want it in any castle park. Walt never said this. 
No, he, he didn't know there'd this. ever be a different kind right. of He's park. not like okay when he we when no we idea. when we build Tokyo Disneyland. I don't want to. He, he turned them down fifteen times. Yeah. So this is just yeah. something that's taken on a life of its own. Yeah. He this uh, this this assertion Disney, is arbitrary to, to, by to Disney. To that credit though, Disney made that a thing, right? Disney opened a second park in Florida, and there was still no alcohol. Disney opened a park in Tokyo. There was no alcohol. Now there is. They opened a fourth park, a fourth castle park, and they opened it without alcohol. In France, very quickly had and people to hit change the roof. That yeah, because they realized immediately they're like no one, no one understands why they can't have wine with food. This is like yeah. a basic life requirement for everyone well, in this continent. At the time, also it was. Disney had a PR nightmare on their hands in France, right? Because there was yeah. a big backlash to them building a park at all. I think it was yeah. referred to as like cultural, cultural Chernobyl, right? They were there were writers openly saying, "I hope that people burn the park down," all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then to open it and to um, seemingly not have the uh, foresight to go, "Oh, the people, these people in France might want to be able to drink champagne." You know, in the park or wine, whatever, you have or wine. wine. Eat. That's just that's life in France. You have wine when you. What's What's amazing about that now? What I think is is so funny is how much how many Coca Colas you see on the tables in the table service restaurants now. Yeah, um, yeah, it's wild. Like I felt self conscious right when I when I went for the first time. Obviously, like, you know, I like wine. Then um, I was in France. I want to have French wine, and so we did. Like every meal, we we ordered some wine, right? Um, and then I noticed I'd look over at tables, and I'd be like, "All these these are very European people, and they they're at this American theme park, and they're eating their their nice dinner at a sit down restaurant, and drinking. They're having a they're having an ice cold Coca Cola, and I'm like, all right. So I guess over the years, you know, like things have changed to where it's you know, the, and it's true. Like uh, as a global community, we have become. Um, the world has shrunk, right? And, right? and more and more we have adopted things from each other and, and normalized things from other cultures, right? And so it's it's just funny how uh, in 1992 there was such an uproar, but now like the people that lived in 1992, if you put them in a time machine and took them to Disneyland Paris today, they'd look and see like their fellow countrymen drinking Coke at the table and they'd be they'd be so furious. But it's yeah. – no one bats an eye at it. It's It's not a thing. Um, we can't talk about Walt rolling over without talking about politics because anybody who disagrees with anything else has to say that Walt is rolling over. Here we go. And I think it's important to note that that Walt was not one thing politically, right? He evolved. When he was young, he was like a basically a socialist. In fact, what did I read? What are you doing? He started as an unenthusiastic socialist. His father was a big supporter of Eugene Debs. He drew some political cartoons for a socialist newspaper at one point. Uh, He became liberal and voted for FDR twice. And later in life, he became a Republican. He, in fact, he made more money. Well, no, but I say that the norms of the the norms of the parties have always shifted. Right, that's true. And and parties have. Walt was alive during the Depression when people had different concerns on their mind than they did during something like World War II. Right, so. I can see where a person could shift the way that they think about these things politically. And and really, I admire anybody who's willing to um, constantly re-examine their political beliefs and see where they stand and challenge themselves. And it sounds like he did that. In fact, he did uh, – I mean, Disney made the I Like Ike cartoons for Eisenhower. So he was – in that sense, he was, he was pretty political. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got involved in there. And he he yeah. wore a button. Uh, he showed up 
um, wearing a also you have to very gold like, water button, especially for the yeah. especially the younger people in the audience. This is going to mm-hmm. sound crazy because you're mm-hmm. going to be like, "Oh man, if they did that today, oh my god!" But it wasn't like that back then. Like it was expected back then that yeah, you you had a political alliance, and no one. No one really probably hated you for liking the other candidate. It was a very different time. That has become a totally different thing, right? Yeah. Where it's not just party. I just want to clarify because that yeah. might sound crazy to people, but the truth is like no one no one generally like was ready to start a war with you because you liked the other candidate or, or were part of another political party. Well, there's, and Unless it was an extremist party. Decorum has time, changed, right? So everyone has yeah. access to this platform mm-hmm. where they can say whatever they want and yell and scream. And, and really, you can even f- form your own opinions. You can, uh, how do you say it? You don't have to research things. You can just go conclusion shopping because somewhere, if you and I disagree on an issue, I can find someone with really good credentials that proves that you're wrong, and you can find someone with really good credentials that proves that I'm wrong. So all I have to do is shop for the conclusion that I've already predetermined in my Mm -hmm. head to fight with yours. Right? So things have changed in that respect. And decorum, there's a – someone was saying, like, you know, the decorum has declined to an all-time low. I guess a couple weeks ago, like – some senator, I don't know party affiliation, a senator on the uh, in like a hearing challenged the president of the Teamsters to a fist fight during a hearing. And people are like, oh, that's bad decorum. I'm like, I went to high school in this town called Brooksville, Florida, right? It A long time, like the 1860s, there was arguments about slavery and all these kinds of things. And people vehemently disagreed yeah. on these things. Somebody said something bad about – said – something bad against a guy named Sumner and his nephew was a guy named Preston Brooks. He wa- or maybe it was the guy with Sumner. I mean, either way, this guy Preston Brooks didn't like what one of the other senators had to say and he beat him with a cane on the floor of the Senate to like near death, like like ruined his life. Like he was not the same after this. Wow. And because people dis- because people agreed with this guy's point of view on an issue which at the time was slavery, they celebrated what he did. No. In fact, they named the town Brooksville, Florida, after this guy, mm. Preston Brooks, for beating someone to within an inch of his life on a Senate floor. So that is not new lack of decorum in government. Yeah. But I say the way we do politics. Look, the, Disney got into a political But I would problem. say at the, in Walt's lifetime, it was, uh, I think, way less politically A little more charged. collegial. Right, like right. the era you're talking about, very politically charged. I think during Walt's time, probably an era where people were, were – right. Yeah, a little calmer about but, it. But the way Disney got into this, I don't want to get too deep into this type of stuff, but the way they got into their conundrum is, like any very large company, they spread their money around. Yeah. Hey, here's a few bucks for you. Yeah. Here's a few bucks for you. Yeah. And that that money knows no political ideology, right? That money just buys access to people, essentially. Yeah. Right? Like, let's not pretend that political power is not for sale. Yeah. And um, so in this case, they had, this is under Bob. Well, I don't know if this was under Bob Chapek, but it came to light under Bob Chapek. Yeah. They basically, among all the people they donated to, had donated to three people who had sponsored this bill that caused all the controversy yeah. in Florida. Now, forget the fact that they had also donated money, I'm sure, to all their uh, opponents. They had. Yeah. They have bad press. And yeah. we had, uh, at the time, Bob Chapek, who, you know, we'll say what you want about Bob Iger, because I, there's plenty of valid criticism of Bob Iger, but he's decidedly more savvy with stuff like that than Bob Chapek. Knows what to say. Bob Chapek was not savvy, and he dug a deeper hole, and it's caused a big rift. And, um, you know, like I said, Walt was political, but I don't think the time, I don't think it was as as inflammatory back then. I don't think, and, and, you know, you don't have this microphone or the internet and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
But I, I would say if you say if you just Google the term like Walt is rolling over in his grave, most of the articles are about politics. Yeah. Um, but if you look just specifically in, in the Disney community, that is not the case. Yeah. Right. The Disney community is all willing to mostly overlook these kind of things and talk about quality Planters. and talk about. Um, hey, let's go. Here's one: live action remakes of animated yeah. classics. That certainly has a lot of people saying Walt would be rolling over in his grave. So he did famously say you can't top pigs with pigs, right? When people asked if he was going to do sequels to The Three Little Pigs, right, if he was going to mm-hmm. do more shorts, mm-hmm. they they did. But, um, no, it wasn't a thing he was in favor of. It certainly wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, like, the the whole movie industry changed, right, and they, they you know, became very sequel-driven and mm-hmm. – you know, certainly you're a publicly traded company, right? If you don't make Frozen two, I I probably don't want you as CEO, right? Like it, that yeah. that movie made how much money? Like, yeah, I might pressure you to, yeah, I want it to be good. Like, I if you're gonna make sequels, they better be amazing. But I don't yeah. know that we do that. But yeah, I mean, but think think about they, a world they operate within the norms of their time, though, right? Yeah. The norms of our time are if you make a successful movie, the number one way to get people to back the next one is to make a, fi- you know, look, Godfather, you want to, they want Godfather 2, right? Yeah. You make, unfortunately, Jaws is great. And then unfortunately, someone makes Jaws yeah. 2. Uh, or or three. Uh, the worst four. one, probably the worst example I can think of is The Exorcist 2. Maybe the worst movie people I've ever like seen. That movie. No, they it has a cult following. But it's, it has a cult really following because it's bad. Kind do pe- of, but people like the lore. The lore has carried do on. Do people like Hocus Pocus because it's great film, or they like it because it's a little campy and a little hokey? They and like it, it reminds because them it was of, played on what, Disney Channel constantly, right. and they watched it 17 times when they were a kid. Yeah. Right. Don't get mad at me in the comments. I've never seen Hocus Pocus. This is what I'm told. You've never seen Hocus Pocus? I've seen like bit, yeah. very small bits and pieces. It's fine. Yeah, so, I you know, it works really well for theme park stuff. I like it as theme park fodder. Yeah. Um, I don't. It's not a movie I feel the need to watch every year or even no. often. But, um, but I get it. Yeah, um, I recommend you watch The Exorcist two with a critical eye and and not it. tell me it's just terrible. It's I, not good, but I think yeah. people people really like the lore, and the lore has carried on into the other Exorcist movies. So. I was excited to see the new one, and then the reviews are so bad I didn't watch it. Yeah. Am I a bad person? I don't know. Maybe. I went to the haunted house. It was okay. Yeah, it was fine. Smelled just a little bit like that like sauce that, sauce, that we like had. Like the, the pickle. <laughs> the something pickle. Something pickle, pickle sauce. Is it pickle? I forget what it's called. I know. Uh, I, but also, in addition to being live action remake, you invite more criticism when you start changing source material like they're doing with the Snow White uh, movie, right, where they kind of... Yeah. Change things to fit cultural norms, but then backtrack because the whole world told them this is stupid. Right? You, yeah, you. Yeah. That's work, right? You, Mr. Miyagi said you can yeah. walk down the left side of the street and you'll be fine. You can walk down the right side of the street and be fine. But you walk down the middle, you're going to get hit by a truck. Yeah. But he said it in like a way that it's way cooler than I could say. So, um, yeah, the yeah. Snow White thing. The Snow White thing. Look, and then other criticism I have. So Snow White, they change a lot of things that made people yeah. mad. Um, Little Mermaid, I just felt like they made this actress the center of the controversy, which was unfair because I felt like she was good. I thought the movie was horrible, but I thought she. I thought I just don't like. I think they did flounder dirty in this movie. Yeah, 
I think I don't animals. like the look of the movie, but she was phenomenal. Yeah, these CG. Yeah. The, the, we have a whole separate conversation mm-hmm. about how bad the CGI has gotten. Right, like none of these, none of these live action Disney movies are pretty, except for like the two that they made John Favreau do. Right. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they're they're kind of ugly looking. Well, and, and if you watch Lion King, it's just basically like it's they the they didn't stray an iota from the shot original source material. So it's just yeah, it's like. It's almost worse. Jungle Book's it's, the only one I like. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. It's good. It's good. I, yeah, I like. Is it. Cinderella bad? It's good. I Cinderella don't know. and Beauty and the Beast both fall under inoffensive for me. Like, it was an entertaining hour and a half, and I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't. Hate I saw. It. I saw Beauty and the Beast. I felt like Emma. I, look, I like Emma Watson. I think she's talented. I don't think she's a good singer. No. Um, I like Russell Crowe. I saw the Les Mis. Live yeah. thing and he was just horrible. I like Mamma Mia and I like Pierce Brosnan, but my God, he was horrible in the movie oh, Mamma Mia. Love it. I saw the stage. The stage show Mamma Mia is great. The, I love Pierce Brosnan in Mamma. Oh my God! But his singing. Oh. No, it's so bad. That's what it amazing. makes you feel better it's about your amazing. Randy Newman it's stuff. So great. These are not Disney movies, but also. Well, Randy Newman's also meant to be a joke, but I know. Anyway, but also, you know. Yeah, it makes remakes, you feel better about your singing, look, right? And they've told, and, and, and I think the public has told them at this point. Well, in some cases, right? Mermaid made a lot of money, um, and I, I think she was a great singer. I think she did a great job. I think there were other great people. Melissa McCartney. Everyone like rips her apart. She did great, right? And I went in like everyone else, ready to be like, she's gonna ham it up, and it's gonna be terrible, and it's gonna I be didn't... awful. And I was like, you know, as Ursula, she did a pretty good job. I didn't finish. I heard they don't kill her. Is that true? They don't kill her off? I'm not going to spoil the movie. I mean, I know how the original ends. Yeah, well, then you got to watch the movie. Also, even the ride ride at Disney World, you just see Ursula off in the distance. No, it's "Ah!" not. It's. it's. (laughs) (laughs) They don't stab her in the heart with a ship. Yeah, that was that weird period where they were like, people don't want to see the. It's still kind of going on where they, they do these dark rides where it's like, people don't want to see the bad part. And it, they did that. That's my only gripe with, I mean, Enchanted Tale of Beauty and the Beast at Tokyo Disneyland is incredible. But, like, they do the kill the beast part, and it's very short and abrupt, and then it's it's gone. It's like, well, the villains don't exist. It's like, well, we'll mention this happened because it gets us to the point where the beast is lying there dead. and we Maybe they cancel, the cancel the beast. Yeah. Cancel. Wow. What are the odds then that they they could set up for a uh, like they did Maleficent? We talked about it, right? Where they take the villains and tell there's going to be an Ursula movie. It's just like you see this Ursula who's yeah. this like nice creature growing up, and then people her. are mean to her. Yeah, maybe they bully her because she's purple. Yeah, and that's what they did with Maleficent, right? Where the, right. the King Stefan's a, a piece of garbage, right? Yeah. He's he's an awful human. They make him the worst human being to ever live, and then you're like, oh yeah, she should be evil. He's he's nasty. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> screw that guy's life off. You never know. We got we got to keep doing with these villains. I bet there's gonna. I, I propose. I think an he Ursula would. Movie. I think there's some of them where he. I think the fact that they made a shot for shot of a movie that was released 20 years previous. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm on. I'm on board with Walt rolling in his grave for that one. That would make sense to me. Yeah. I think he would be like you. Literally made the same movie again and made people sit, pay to see a thing they've already seen. Like how dare you? He would. He would absolutely be livid. Yeah. When you talk about people paying. I have a bullet point in here called prices. 
down yeah. at the bottom. Um, Walt would be rolling in his grave at the prices, or he'd be very excited. I don't know which. Um, I think as if we the know, product was better, he'd be excited. If people like actively were like, "Yeah, this is worth every penny." I've seen criticism in, in on our articles and where, wherever else it may come up about Walt. Hey, he's this rich guy too. He made all this money. He's one of the most famous people in the world. He had you know. But what I'll say is Walt was constantly searching out sources of funding to you know sponsors for rides, whatever, yeah. because. The future of the company was kind of at stake all the time. Yeah. And all the dreams that he wanted to make into reality cost a lot of money. So Roy's the guy that's out there hustling and finding ways to do this thing. And Walt is the guy coming up uh, with all these ideas. I think um, in comparison to uh, today's wealthiest people, even adjusted for inflation and everything else, he is not – he was not making thousands of times more than his employees. No, they – what would the – I'm going to get this fact wrong. But um, they were talking about what Roy Disney made when yeah. – at the end of his tenure in 71. And it was only three or four times what the lowest yeah. employee made. It, it wasn't a lot. Maybe it might have been even like eight. Look, they it had – um, It wasn't astronomical. I'm sure they had plenty of money in terms of stock interest in a company that was um, constantly increasing in value. I read something where Walt's grandkids, uh, not Diane's kids, but what's his, Sharon? Is that mm-hmm. one of his daughters? Uh, they, she had two twins, mm-hmm. right? And they, they, she passed away and she left like, let's just say, I think it was $300 million. But there were all these little caveats to this, right? They had to demonstrate that they could use money responsibly. Mm. They had to demonstrate, you know, through their life up to that point to do this. This is the premise and, of Brewster's Millions. Yeah, right? So uh, so one of them, uh, I think is the son, they're like determined, like, no, he doesn't meet the criteria. I don't know if it's because he's like just out spending money like a madman and mm-hmm. living that crazy life or if he they didn't trust him because he was – Unpredictable, but ba- I don't know what ended up happening. But at one point, I remember that happening, where they're like, "Hey, he's he is not qualified to inherit his portion of this three hundred million dollars." So I, that doesn't really tie into anything we're talking about. Yeah. It, except I want to say on opening day, a ticket to Disneyland was one dollar, right? And then the tickets for rides, individual rides. So that was to get in the gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, for kids, it was ten cents. For adults, it was, uh, I think, maybe 25 cents, 23 cents, something like yeah. that. So if you adjusted this for 2023, it would cost you $11 to get into Walt Disney World. And it cost a kid like a dollar, uh, between a dollar and a dollar 25 to, to go on a ride. It costs an adult maybe twice that. Hmm. So uh, obviously, today's ticket prices, they surge upwards of 150 bucks. Genie Plus alone can cost over $30 a person. I think it's worth talking about. Would Walt be rolling over in his grave at what it costs? Have we priced out, you know, this American family that he dreamed of providing this stuff for? Maybe, but the the other side of it is, like, no one knew what to price this at, right? Right. Like, this didn't exist. So amusement parks existed. So you could, yeah, you could similarly price to an amusement park. But I think over time they realized like, well, what we do is different. And also I think the other thing that happened is entertainment prices in general changed a lot, right? Yeah. So movie theaters, right? How much more are movie theaters than they used to be? Even adjusted for inflation, they're 
over it. And the same thing can be said for every other thing you want to talk about. You want to talk about baseball, football, yeah. any major sporting event, right? I don't think that any of them are affordable for an average no. person, though. You, what, the cost to go to an NFL game is absurd. You want to go see – I mean, obviously, like Taylor Swift concert, these tickets were going for thousands of dollars yeah. or whatever, mostly secondary market because a bot can scoop up a bunch of tickets and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But in general, like, you go to a concert. I think I wanted to take Lee. Lee wanted to see Pink, right? So I looked. It was, Pink was coming to Tampa or something. Mm-hmm. I think it was, like, for just kind of average middle-of-the-road seats, it was, let's say, five to $700. Yeah. And then you look at the Ticketmaster fees, which are hard to avoid, yeah. are crazy. They've inserted yeah. themselves well, as this unnecessary middleman. Yeah. And, and you can't get around it. People can't get around I Ticketmaster. I highly recommend, if you want a quick recap of, of the Ticketmaster psychosis, um, John Oliver Last week tonight, they did a whole episode on that. Oh, really? Yeah, I, you know, I, not to, you know, I know John Oliver takes very big topics and they make it into a very short thing, and people think they're experts on the topic then. But um, I think if you want a quick recap of the problems of of the music ticket industry, um, John, the concert ticket industry, John Oliver. Well, what I, and I don't pretend to understand the music business, but what I've been yeah. told basically is, you know, back in the day, you could sell. A million records and become very wealthy as an artist. There's millions of records, you become very wealthy, and now you have to tour to make money. Yeah. Right? The record companies have sucked all that revenue out, and now you get a play on Spotify and it's worth, you know, I don't know, a, a thousandth of a cent or something yeah. like that. So they have to tour to do this, and they the take that the ticket costs then are very expensive. Uh, NFL, obviously, you want to get season tickets for your favorite team. If you have a new stadium, you probably have to buy a personal seating license, which is just the right that you own to buy tickets to events at that stadium. Then you have to buy the tickets on top of that. Parking at some of these NFL stadiums is $75, You know, a a beer is $15. I mean, it's not cheap to be entertained anymore. And the, the caveat is... You could be entertained very cheap at home if you want to watch. You you want to stream this stuff. You want to stream the NFL. Yeah, I can get every every NFL game on Sunday ticket for three hundred bucks a year or something like that. That's not cheap, but yeah. that's certainly cheaper than going to one NFL game. Mm. And uh, but yeah, entertainment is expensive now. But I think back then, first of all, they this pricing the dollar to get in. I think it stuck around for a long time. Yeah. In fact, when. I first went to Disneyland in the 70s with my family. I was only two years old. I think my dad said it was like $7 or something like that for a ticket. They So they were very slow to raise prices. Now they raise prices like clockwork every year. Yeah. I think they raised Schedule. annual pass prices twice in a year maybe mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. You know, They are very aggressive with this, and it's because to me, and we can dovetail this into the next bullet point, which is kind of – creativity and imagination, their innovation seem, all seems to have been in using data to justify raising prices yeah. and manipulate money out of people. Well, Instead if, of telling if, uh, me better stories, they're they're using their uh, innovation to come up with new ways to yeah. shake more money out of me. Well, as a great like former Imagineer said during the uh, uh, Bob Chapek administration, mm-hmm. like uh, innovation is not raising the price of a hot dog. Right, but it right. kind of is, right? Because uh, I I guarantee you that they 
have the means and knowledge to dynamically price that hot dog and be like, actually, hot dog on a Saturday at 2 p.m. is going to cost seven dollars and ninety cents, and I mean, on Sunday it's going to cost twelve dollars. Right? You know what? Yeah. They can do that. They do that with tickets. They could do that with everything. And unfortunately, that's the world that we live in. Not everybody decides just because you have this information that you should use it. Some people still act in good faith with their customers. I understand yeah. there are cases when it makes sense to. Re- I, 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 I watched a guy, and basically, he's talking about they were talking about price gouging. And there are times when price gouging almost is good for people. And yeah. it, I don't want to justify price gouging, but the example he gave is he's like, let's say you have to evacuate because there's a hurricane coming. And you go up to Georgia and there's a there's a hotel and it's a hundred bucks, right? So you're like, ah, oh, well, I got my wife with me. We'll get one room, we'll get another room for the kids. My in-laws are with us, we'll get another room for them. Yeah. It's 300 bucks, what's the big deal? He goes, and then, you know, you might be, the society might be better served by you go up the road and they charge $300 for a room and you gotta make an economic choice whether you're gonna do this so that other people have a place to stay. Yeah, That sounds a little kind of, not socialist, but it's price, you know, yeah. price fixing and price gouging are two kind of different things. But uh, you, you don't want the government setting the price of a hotel. But he made a point, right? And I think the point, yeah, Disney's like, hey, look, everyone's going to buy Disney Plus. You know, you're not going to get a leg up on anyone. We're going to dynamically price it up to thirty-one dollars. Except the difference is they know that everyone's going to buy it anyway. Yeah, right. They're, they still they know how many people are going to buy it. Yeah. When they set the price of it, they know they're going to sell out. What is the maximum amount of money I can Genie extract Plus. from you? What do I call it? Disney, Disney Plus. Yeah, Genie Plus. I was Plus. confused for a second. I was like... Genie Plus. I'm sorry. I was like, how much am I paying for Disney Plus? <laughs> it's a long day. It's Friday. Decent Here's the thing. I... Look, there are some things where I don't I don't know. It, it's very hard to speculate such a thing. I think there are ideas, right? I don't know about pricing and things like that, but I think ideas that... Ways that they uh, came up with to to squeeze people, right? Those are the things I think you'd have a problem with, right? Like admission prices, things like that, were going to exist no matter what. Right. We could argue all day if if he'd be happy with the admission price or not. We don't know, and it's very hard based on historical okay, evidence. T- time to, out. Inevitably, when there's a price increase, another comment. Yeah. Well, the the commenter on our site or social media is that's why I go to Universal. It's, and I will tell you, Universal will yeah. be right ahead of them, in step with them, or right behind them on any price yeah, increase. Every year, they yeah. always, yeah, the, the, the single day tickets, they always match. Mm-hmm. Um, Universal is not cheaper. It, it never has been. Um, so, yeah, you, you look really stupid when you say that, so please don't. Um, <laughs> try to, we try to teach you things here at WWNT. Otherwise, you become food blog commenters. We don't want that. Um, but I think that thing, dessert parties. F- paying for fast pass, paying for parade viewing. Those are the things I think it, there is no doubt he would be upset with, right? Where you, you have the haves and the have nots. Stratification right? of the guest experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even playing field where everyone can, can gets a park ticket and then, you know, everyone has bought the same park ticket and has the same rules apply to them with that park ticket, I think is the way he, he rolled. I don't think he would have been big on. Well, then you could start adding things that make you the better guest. I don't think in a million years he would have been okay with that. Yeah, I agree. And we have increasingly seen this stratification of the yeah. of the guest experience to to the point of frustration, right? Yeah. It's annoying. It, we see it in airlines. We see it everywhere now where the, you know, 
Oh, you get you get a check bag, but you don't get carry on. You yeah. get, doesn't yeah. make it right that Disney does it, but everyone does it. Well, when you talk about baggage, it's like okay, it makes sense. If you and I are both customers of some airline, and I'm not bringing anything with me but myself, and you're bringing fifty yeah. pounds of luggage, it, it has that's more cost. Yeah. But that's not how they do it. But the in fact, fact that you're like, we're going to push the economy seats closer together, and then you can give us money for. Then there's these seats where there's more leg room, or you could lay flat. Right. Give me $5,000 and you can sleep flat on this airplane. But a lot of these, like you fly Spirit, for instance, if you fly Spirit, it's cheaper to check a bag than it is to have a carry-on. That oh, makes yeah. no sense because yeah. when I check a bag, someone has to take that bag and put it somewhere, yeah. and that bag is uh, almost always going to be heavier than a carry-on. Yeah. So what they're charging you for is that you just get to do something more convenient, which is have your own bag. There's not, you know, yeah. if they fit in a thing, the plane's designed to handle a certain amount of carry-on baggage. Yeah. They actually have more direct cost to the airline to give you a check bag, but that's mm. cheaper because they want to gouge you for, uh, everyone likes it more when they don't have to depend on someone else to not lose their stuff. Yeah. Right. That's, those are the kind of BS things that I hate to see. Mm. And it, like I said, it's everywhere. And now the, the, Newer ideas in the last 10 years are turn everything into a subscription, right? That's why streaming is a big deal. But, hey, I don't want to go to the store and buy razor blades, which are a racket, by the way. I want to subscribe to a place that sends me razor blades once yeah. a month, you know, because it looks cheaper. And they are happy because they can predict their recurring monthly revenue yeah. and, and project their growth and all that kind of stuff. So all these people thought, oh, all these these kids get just graduating business school are really smart, and all they're doing is taking things that you used to do and turning it into a subscription. Yeah. There's a what's the place that's like athleisure wear? Um, not Lululemon. Fabletics. Yeah. Fabletics. I found out. I don't know. I don't know anything about this this vertical, but Lee sure knows a lot of. Yeah. She's into the Athleta and Lululemon, and she's like, I don't do Fabletics. And they advertise these prices, but to get that price, you have to subscribe. Yeah. And then it's like the old uh, record thing when they send you every month. Oh, the you, nine to get this yeah, for a penny. Yeah, yeah. Six CDs for a penny. Yeah. So then it's like yeah. that kind of – But so it's really not a new innovative business model at all. You're no. actually taking something very old that everyone hated and just kind of you know dressing it up as something it's yeah. not. So I think – I think I described the Fabletics business model correctly. If not, please do your own research and don't count on me because yeah. I'm not an expert on yoga pants. And what is the Sensi thing? They're a pyramid scheme or are they like that? So people in the comments say that Sensi is a pyramid scheme. Mm. Uh, I think the I don't know I don't know anything about their or business model. Or is it just model. like like in, um land or um what's the thing I'm thinking of that people sell? Avon. Yeah, so the the idea then I think multi level marketing is what yeah. you're talking about, and the value isn't in me selling products. The value is in me selling you on also selling these products. Yeah. Right. So then, essentially, if I'm doing that, I am the product. Right. Yeah. I am what you're trying to sell. Yeah. You're trying to sell me on being under you and hoping that I'll put people under me. But you know. Yeah. Everybody wants people under them. They're not. Nobody cares if you buy this product because you buy the product, yeah. right? So you're not a um, – it's not like you're taking orders on behalf of Avon. Yeah. You have a garage full of Avon – I don't know if Avon works this way, but yeah. but a lot of these. You have a garage full of crap that you've bought, and you have to tell people, oh, this coffee makes you happy and feel better and lose weight. Uh, I know because I have $6,000 of it in my garage and I got to get other people under me to try to yeah. sell this crap, right? Because right now I'm the customer. 
right? You're not the customer. I, yeah. I would love for you to buy some, but but I'm the sucker that bought it all. And I feel great because they made me President's Club because I convinced three people beneath me, yeah. you know, to, to join. And uh, I think that that might be the, I don't know, maybe someone in the Wigs comment can tell me what the Sensi business model but I is, but I, I think know. that's what it is. I think that's some There's of the criticism got, uh, that Disney started getting in the comments from from partnering with Sensi is that it's a, a business that is built in a similar fashion. Jake said he doesn't care if they're a pyramid scheme. He wants the, the Lilo and Stitch Sensi. He stuff. wants the Lulu. Some of their stuff looks cool, but I haven't I haven't bit on anything yet. I've left it all. I was like, I don't need to start buying. I want the Halloween Horror Nights fog, but I found out that it's cheaper for me to buy the sauce at eat. No. Good grief. Are they, are they going to sell that? Like the sense of they're going to do the smells from different rides and stuff too, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. That's cool. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't even know if the wigs are still in here. I saw someone say it went they're down, there. but it was back. No, they're they're there. there. All right. Um, Anyway, I think that's a big one, right? I think Walt would be shocked if he knew what percentage of a family's income it takes to come to his come yeah. to the Disney parks now. He'd probably be upset. Yeah, I mean, I think he would be uh, also excited. But I think he'd be excited because he'd say, I can use this money and do something really amazing with it. And what yeah. it's turned into is a bunch of people saying, I know how we can take this customer and split them up. You know, I know how we, a bunch of wolves, can split these sheep up and uh, you know, each take our share and yeah. get rich. And these people are making the kind of money now that obviously Walt would, would, would stagger his mind, the kind of money that these Disney executives make. Yeah. So that's probably part of the deal. Oh, yeah. He, he, Jake said there's a haunted house scented cologne. Of course there is. Oh, very nice. I think Piano Rob wears it. <laughs> I just assume. You wear it when you're stretching. That's <sighs> great. Um, all right, let's talk about I mean, this is the, the one things that, that I, are going to be important to you. Here's where Tom's going to go about. off. So you Imagineering and parks in general. Yeah, you have lack of storytelling at the center, getting rid of classic attractions. He was a butcher, man. Yeah. He, like, but the thing was, whatever they did was always better, right? Like, the God, the guy, he had them build the train of tomorrow, the view liner. And then, like, a year, less than a year later, he's like, Bob I Gert. saw a monorail. Get rid of this thing. They're like, we just opened it. And they threw the view liner away and did the monorail, but inarguably, like, a better a better idea came along, right? And that's the message we were always told, right? A better yeah. idea came along. Now it's not a better idea came along. Now it's usually like this property sells a lot of merchandise. This property streamed this many times on Disney Plus this month. Right. Um, that's that's how the decisions are made. It's not based on anything else um, but those factors. And so we got rid of things that Plenty of people liked, and there's some argument, not with things that were better necessarily, but also like Walt also, they updated things constantly, right? Like Walt opened the park in the 50s, and by the 60s was like, Mark, can you come down from, Mark Davis, come down from from the studio. I want you to take a look at stuff. And then Mark came in, and all they did was they just added stuff to everything, right? Mine yeah. Train Through Nature's Wonderland. The Jungle Cruise, you know, did not exist in 1955. It started existing in the 60s, thanks to Mark Davis. Um, they were like, we can take these attractions, and over time, you know, as time changes, we can make them better. And that right. was always the thought is what will what can we add that makes the ride better? And now it's... It's not that, right? It's like, well, the, the, the hat box ghost in Magic Kingdom was not added 
to make the ride better, right? The Hatbox Ghost was they looked at a sheet and were like, "Well, what why what are the what are the financial reasons to do this?" And the financial reasons are, "Well, um well we we all share merchandise, right? And so if you you're selling a lot of the same merchandise. It all has this character on it. No one in Florida knows who this character is. We suspect the merchandise sales for the merchandise featuring the Hatbox Ghost on it will be better at Walt Disney World if you add the Hatbox. And we might see a bump in attendance, right? You add Certainly a new- possible. Yeah, we 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 can sell Disneyland's developing. They have that sipper. They have the Hatbox Ghost sipper cup. We can sell that at this point, and we project our sales for that will be this high, right? There there are all these reasons to add the Hatbox Ghost as opposed to. What used to happen, which is if you look at the 2007 update of the Haunted Mansion or even the what that 2011-2012 one, um, the 2007 update was the ride is in rough shape. It needs a lot of maintenance. And while we're down, why don't we add some new magic to it? But Get then MC Escher on the phone. And that new magic is like what are the things people what, – what are the scenes that are kind of lacking in the Haunted Mansion? And they're like, well, we have this staircase that never really got finished and we just threw these big spiders on webs up there. We're like we should – we can come up with something yeah. for that. Sure. We have this attic scene with this faceless bride and it's okay, but maybe with technology where it's come now, we could do something different there, right? Um, the, the driving force was very different. It wasn't necessarily like m- just money. It was – it is time to refurbish one of our most well-known attractions of all time. The right thing to do while we're down for this long is to make sure when people come back, the ride just doesn't look better, but there is a, there's a reason to be excited that the ride is back, right? And attendance is certainly part of that. You want to maintain the park so people come back. Yeah. Um, but I don't think the driving force necessarily was just money when you do something. Have you ever like thought about this? Because there was a time, and this goes back to Walt, when you needed a sponsor – for everything, yeah. right? I mean, there was a time when half of half of a park was sponsored by Coke and the other half was sponsored by Pepsi. Walt didn't operate food. Right. They, they had no, all their food operations were Swift. It was, it was a third-party organization. It's still Walt's park. So, yeah. uh, but these attractions and things, Haunted Mansion, no sponsor. Yeah. You know, Pirates of the Caribbean, no sponsor. People Mover, ah, Enterprise, I'll pick you up. Or Alamo or whatever, you know, Tron. You know, but I'm just looking yeah. now. You know, oh, yeah. you do all these things. I, I don't even remember if See, I know those... Tron is Enterprise. I think People Mover is also Enterprise, but it's also Alamo because I think they're all the same. It is Enterprise it's a National brand. Alamo or the same company. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so here's the thing, right? I don't know that necessarily these are ride sponsorships. I think Disney is so big now that everything is kind of corporate alliances. So yeah. That might be factored into the contract where as part of the money they ask for, you get an attraction, right? Because Sensi, right? Sensi got Dumbo, right? That just happened. Part of the deal is like the the Enterprise deal already existed. So I think they were – I think they were like – you know, oh, we want to, you know, we would like to be in on, we do the contract. Well, what do you have coming up? We would, we want to sponsor them. Or what are the existing rides you have? We would, we would put our name on that. But I don't think it's like it used to be back then when they actually used to go and look for sponsors where it was something that specifically right. pushed their product in most cases, right? If you look at Epcot, that's all Epcot was. Yeah, right? Epcot it was, was very the heavy. point of the pavilion. But that's, that's what a World's Fair was. And so they tried to do the Disney version of a World's Fair. It's like, if we're going to do a pavilion about energy, well, then a, a mega corporation that deals in energy needs to be involved. If we're going to do a pavilion about transportation, then, yeah, one of the world's leading car manufacturers probably has to be involved. If we're doing an attraction about communication, 
a communication company probably has to be involved. Um, right. And that that's what happened with Epcot. It's a lot of reason why they Disney decided to move away from all that. And Epcot was there like, well, it's getting real hard to work with these companies and convince them to do stuff. So we're just going to – if we're going to do it ourselves, then we're going to promote our own products. And you know what doesn't promote our own products? Education. So – these rides are just going to be about our RIP and selling merchandise, and that's what Epcot's about now. Um, which he would look. Yeah. I I would say this with any amount of confidence. I know you've put a statue of Walt in that park where he is longingly looking out and proud of what has been accomplished at Epcot. He would be like we can argue if he would have he would have even liked what they did in 1982. I my th- again I don't know what my opinion no. is worth here. In 1982, I think he would have like if you brought him back from the dead and he walked into that park, the first five minutes he would have been livid. I think he would have been like, people don't live here. It's just a world's fair. What did you do? And then I think he would have went on the rides and been like, wow, you have really elevated what what we yeah. started doing with Pirates and Haunted Mansion. You have taken to a whole nother level. So I think he would have been really angry about what the finished product was compared to what he wanted. But I think then he would have at least seen what they were doing and been like, look at this. And now I think without a doubt, he would now go in there and be like, well, at least in 82, someone tried – to make me proud, and instead now what you've done is you've on my legacy. Did, well, I mean, isn't it fair to say that they appropriated the name Epcot to create something that has nothing to do with what Walt's vision really was? That's not true because I mean, there are Epcot, elements of his vision, part but of his Epcot main was driving his, center. his main driving yeah. vision was a place where people live and work, right? Yeah, but a big part of it certainly was like the idea that that by having this experimental community, you would have a place where ideas are exchanged and the leaders in industry could come together and the world could see what is on the cutting edge and what will be tomorrow. And they did accomplish that part. They couldn't accomplish the residential part. There was no question. But they at least tried to accomplish the rest of what is the project Is there footage of Walt actually saying he wanted Epcot to be a theme park? No. Yeah. No, but he, he wanted have, it to be a community. He had an industrial center that had exhibits you rode through yeah. to learn about American industry. It was absolutely a thing. But if Walt Disney walked in this room right now, it's like, oh, man, that was a long nap. What year is it? Oh, it's 2023, uh, almost 2024. Yeah. Uh, he goes, did they ever build Epcot? What are you going to tell him? Yeah. Yeah. I it mean, was the greatest it has theme nothing park to do you've with- ever done. Yeah. It has nothing to do with what you envisioned, yeah. but they did build it. But there was and a they spirit, called it Epcot. right? It was at least dedicated to him, a man that was optimistic that the future could be better than the present, right? That That's who he was. And the park that's there now does not. The, instead of looking forward to what, what will communication be in the future? What will cars be in the future? What will How will we grow produce in the future? How will... Uh, how will we live differently with the environment and, and the, the creatures? His favorite attraction would be the land. Living with the land. Possibly, although they're not growing uh they're not growing uh <laughs> ash there for him. <laughs> it's his what? His corned beef and ash. Oh the corned beef. Yeah, they're not growing what he would eat. No um, Walt's chili. He'd like potato. Mostly it'd be all potatoes in the last scene. Yeah. Um Oh, but they have an attraction. Uh, the Shorts Theater where you have the Potato, potato Land. land. He'd like you can see what Potato Land is like. I I would think he would at least respect that they paid homage to him with a park that was very much who he was as a person, right? But then I think, God, if he walked in there now and was like, what did, 
are we saying in the future we think people will be trees and talking raccoons? Like, what are you what are you telling our audience? You have yeah. a we have a park where, where our cartoon characters live. Why did you make another park that has our cartoon characters that's just down the road from the one that has them? I don't. Oh, understand. this yellow dome looks cool, and you made billions of dollars last year. What's up there? Uh, nothing. You don't want to know. There's nothing. But I think like Guardians billions of dollars, and, we can't you know, do anything. He with. might feel differently. Like the World Showcase question is always interesting. It, it it's. Yeah, these are the stories that because that's really what happened. I, I, like, how he, could you not enjoy he World borrowed, Showcases? He borrowed those story. I meant as in terms of attractions with yeah. IP. Uh, no, I think he loved the idea of World Showcase. I think he think that's great. But I I wonder what the thought would be on if the the attractions because they're inspired by the stories from those regions and then Disney adapted them and that's certainly something he did. That's exclusively what he did. Um, right. In his animation while he was alive was was borrow from. European and all these, all these, you know, stories. Correct. And he tried to, I mean, he tried to make the ice queen for decades and, and they finally did it not that long ago. So yeah, I don't know. I, I do think there there is no doubt in my mind for what it's worth, which probably isn't much because I didn't know the man, but I would, I would dare say there's no way he wouldn't be pissed at Epcot. How could he not yeah. be? If we're pissed about it, if we're pissed about it not matching his, you know, spirit and message, then man, he had he would have to be just furious. Which attraction globally do you think would make Walt roll over in his grave the most? Wow. Ooh, I have one. We've discussed it already. Beauty and the Beast sing along. Where you take the hard work of like brilliant animators and storytellers and composers yeah. and lyricists and you reduce it to something stupid and poorly animated and thrown together. You make something that makes a mockery of your work, that makes a mockery of the work of all the animators and storytellers. Yeah. I think he would hate that. Cars Road Trip. Cars Road Trip is. I think he'd be like, this is, you built, because he, he'd be like. You built a Cars Land, and it's you built this land that's unbelievable. It's it's beautiful, and you built this incredible e-ticket and these fun little rides and all these shops and restaurants for people to go in. And then you came out here, and all you did was reskin a studio tour ride you built. I know, but what? I want With desperately to statues? go there. I love it because I desperately I want to the go shock, there. Just but. the look on the face of that truck when he catches on fire. <laughs> And he, he says something know. like, oh, no. He doesn't oh, know no. he's on fire. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's Look, it is the best Billy, schlock. please put a little video clip from our Cars Road Trip video or in here of the it, truck please. catching it's, on it's fire. It's one of the put most too. videos of it because I went for the opening day. Um, but like, <laughs> um, it's it's incredible schlock. Like I love it because it's so stupid. But he would undoubtedly be furious that all the multi-billion dollar corporation and the best you guys did was you took some statues from down the street at another car's ride. You ripped them out of the ground. You placed them in the dirt and then built like a giant lug nut. You built a giant canvas wrap of a map and threw it up on the set of Dinotopia. Like he would be, he would be livid. 
He would be furious. He'd be like, you have done better with this and you can't? Like, what are you, stupid? What hasn't changed? I mean, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride basically hasn't changed. There might be, you know, like, I would be so interested, like, would he be angry? About all the old stuff that just got left without no, many I, you, updates, like you said, right? he's a butcher, right? He's yeah. like, hey, I have a bigger dream. We need yeah. this space, right? But in fairness, that's a very different toad than he had, right? Like they, how built, different is it? They built his actual house, right? It used to be just tent facades. They built the actual. All those okay. Fantasyland rides were rebuilt from the ground up in '83. They're all very different. I don't so even remember. I don't even remember, remember that. Maybe he'd be like, like this kid, is right? this is what I wish I had the money to do in '55. I wish we could have made it look like the real movies. And I mean, Pirates has changed, but it's that's his like kind of magnum. Opus, I think he'd right? understand yeah. the movie. He when you told when you tell him it inspired a movie series that was a, a giant hit. I don't. You know, and they didn't fundamentally ruin pirates in any way. I, my, I'd love. They to, ruined some of the gags. I'd love uh, or they, his they, thoughts on the they redhead re- scene. They reversed I some would, of the gags. Man, yeah. if I if I like made a billion dollars and they told me you can give me the billion dollars now to invent time travel and we're going to bring Walt Disney back and find out what he thinks about the redhead scene, mm. I would gladly give away the one billion dollars I've worked my entire life for just to know if he would care or not. I guess it's a small world has not changed much. The if at all, a little, they inserted a few characters yeah. and things like that. That's fairly similar. I think but Scott he, T says he the same began, thing. Yeah. yeah, he began that process though—the process of plussing. So yeah. I think he he'd expect it, right? He would expect. That. I think he'd ride the Matterhorn and he'd be like, "Oh wow! Like look, look what you did! You built an interior, yeah. and there's an actual like creature chasing the guests." Like he'd be he'd be. Bl- I think there's some stuff like that where he'd be blown away. Submarine voyage. Right. Yeah. Imagine like you took someone, like they they died in 1966. You brought them back to life and you put them on their submarine ride, which used to just be things on wires or hooked to metal pieces that that flung them around the water. You took them in there and suddenly like cartoon animated fish are talking underwater and they're animated and they're in the water somehow. And yeah, I'm the he, opposite I think because he'd be blown away because there's something I appreciate more about the practical effects than the yeah. you know projected effects. But if you took someone out of the 60s yeah, and yeah, then yeah. showed them a a CGI fish animated to look like it's swimming in the water physically in front of them, the, 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 I he mean, might, yeah, you'd blow his he mind. He might on, die again from car. He might have a heart attack right there and then. Like, what is happening? And obviously, some of the new rides would blow his mind. Oh, Even yeah. Star Tours, as basic as Star oh, Tours yeah. is, like would blow the mind of someone. Because well, it would all be 60s, new, right? right? He wouldn't know what technology had been developed, right? All of Galaxy's Edge. Oh yeah. I mean, he'd be like, "What the hell is Star Wars?" But no, I think he'd we'd immediately resurrect him, and the first thing he'd say in that land is, "Where's Darth Vader?" <laughs> <laughs> I was promised roaming droids and Darth Vader. You know, and then you he'd be gave like, me Kylo like, Ren. We're gonna build a hotel. We should build a hotel theme to this, <laughs> and it'll include only the original trilogy characters. They'll be like, well, well man. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't big on wanting to run hotels, was he? No, he wasn't. Yeah. Right, he let the Rathers run the Disneyland hotel. But I think um, I'm pretty sure he was in on it by when he was developing Disney World. I think they. I think from Walt's. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think they already knew they were building hotels, and I think. I think he maybe um, felt bad about the – like he liked the Rathers. I think they were very right. friendly and he he didn't regret making the deal. But I think by then he's like, he's like, well, we don't need to do that again. I don't need anyone's money. Like we'll operate the hotel. Well, when now. you look at it, it's 
they, they're expanding their business into an area they had no knowledge of, right? So they go, we're going to get into hospitality. Yeah. No, they expand into areas. They don't know anything about building retirement communities. Yeah. Right? They hired somebody that did. Now they're, they've, they're planning two retirement f- communities. Food. Can we talk food, about that? Yeah. That's the one that always blows my mind more than, than anything was at some point he was just like, I think we can do the food. You're like, well, we're an entertainment company. You're going to make food? It's like, yeah. Why can't we make food? How hard can it be to order <laughs> hot dogs and warm them up? Like at some point, the Walt Disney Company, the th- this entertainment juggernaut, just started cooking for people. That blows my mind. That's just such a weird chain of events that lead from company makes animated cartoons to eventually like operates thousands of restaurants around the world. Right? Yeah, they're in their parks and resorts, but still. It's weird. And no, it's, I get it. Hotel operation is probably about as weird. I get it because you yeah. go to a, any baseball, football stadium, right? They're not. They don't make their, the food. No, they yeah. have some somebody like center plate or whatever do it. The New York Yankees didn't. You know, George Steinbrenner didn't at some point wake up and be like, Derek Jeter, you're gonna start, <laughs> you're gonna start making menus. Derek Jeter's fish and chips. Mariano Rivera making the closer dogs. Yeah, yeah. keep it. going. The the, the the cutter pretzel. Andy Pettit needs like some something spicy for his temper. Something I don't know. These are some dated Yankees references, by the way. These are the Yankees I grew up with. A man of my old team. I'm Mar- a Royals fan. Tino Usually they Martinez, start out with me and end up at the Yankees or Scott Brocious. Shane Spencer. Remember Shane Spencer? He was a thing. Uh, no, but I remember Scott Brocious when he he quit being able to throw to first base or whatever. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Bernie Williams. Bernie Williams. Yeah. Burn, baby, burn. But speaking of name, Bernie Williams, uh, odd sports moment. There was a uh, guy that played for the Philadelphia Eagles named Bernie Williams. Um, He's, I don't know, this is like in the 80s or the 90s. He got suspended for drug use, Mm -hmm. right? So he never applied for reinstatement, but they never kicked him out of the league. He was just suspended. Yeah. So every year for like the last 30 years, he's been on the list of like, suspended players. He didn't know it. So I guess this year he finally like retired. He's 50-something years old, wow. and there's like, oh, I guess I was always on that list. Different Bernard Williams is what they his name mm. is, but call it Birdie if you want. I don't know. But I, I thought that was funny. Totally unrelated to Walt would probably not be rolling You're over in drugs, his grave. Though, made me think of another Yankee, Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> I don't think of him as a Yankee, though. I think of him as a Matt. A Matt, yeah. Yeah. So. But he was a Yankee. I know, but he was – I mean, the Yankees rented a, a lot of players, but very few of them are Yankee DNA, right? Derek Jeter, Yankee DNA. Don Mattingly, Yankee DNA. Mariano Rivera. Mariano Rivera, Yankee yeah. DNA. Um, we didn't just buy champ- – we're not going to get into this now, but it's a narrative people No, make. but I come, from a, I come from a market where we had to manufacture from scraps. You didn't have to. You chose to. They don't have Your, the budget. Yeah, uh, okay. They don't have a city, the largest city in – America supporting their team. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. It's different when you have a different. All the, all the other ball different clubs economics. are very poor. They're very poor. They are very poor. Yeah. When one ball club has a payroll of twenty million dollars, and the Yankees and Red Sox have a payroll of two hundred million dollars, that doesn't win championships. I don't. I don't. Agree I know the that. Yankees can have proven that over the last twenty years, where they cannot buy a championship. I don't. Wow. Know but congratulations on Aaron Judge. He's good. You know. 
That's all I know about baseball these days. I don't watch it anymore. You know what? This season, I watched zero innings of baseball. I used to be obsessed with baseball. I watched zero innings of baseball this year. Yeah. Not, I'd like, I, didn't, I don't think I even saw a portion of yeah. an inning of any game. Like, we talked about this on another show. I like Once the Red Sox and the Cubs won World Series, I was like, I'm, I'm good. Like what? What is what is the excitement now? I don't know what the excitement what's left. Is. Right? There's yeah. nothing left to see. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy for whoever. What Texas won this year? I think good for oh, them. I'm happy for good them. for them. I know they had a gorgeous. They had a gorgeous baseball stadium, and they decided to build a brand new one right next to it. I don't because yeah. they're stupid. That's. Walt would roll over in his grave. We have though. another. Wow, we have another bullet point. I think this is, if anything is going to make Walt Disney roll over in his grave. This says lazy man. Oh, wait, wait. Mark Pyle said that thanks to the umpire that the Royals stole the 85 series. You mean the guy who was called safe and then never scored, never reached home plate, and didn't have any impact on the score, but the, the Cardinals all melted down because they were mentally weak? Yeah, they stole that championship. Wow. Anyway, go ahead. Speaking of mentally weak, um, lazy management. <laughs> lazy management. So Here's that's a, you have the innovation yeah. and stuff. I think... Look, there is a lot of management in Disney parks that does not go out into the park. That's the thing. That's always been my thing. My favorite, one of my favorite memories, the opening of Galaxy's Edge that day. I booked a dining reservation at um, 50s Primetime. And uh, we check, we're check. we checking in at 50s Primetime. It's a grand opening, so all the management's out in mm-hmm. the park for the opening of Galaxy's Edge. Or Rise. It might have been Rise of the Resistance. I don't remember. Um, but one of those Star Wars Galaxy's Edge grand openings. And the lady at the check-in is like, do you need any, are you celebrating anything, the first visit or anything? And I go, um, I'm not celebrating my first visit, but a lot of the managers out in the park might need a button. And she lost it. She just she was the funniest thing. Because, again, you see managers that you've never, you didn't know they existed. You're like, you work for this park or this resort? I've never seen you before. Yeah. And you could tell these people, my favorite is like, they look very official, and they wear name tags because they're out in the park. They're 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 on stage, right? My favorite thing is inevitably on those days you'll watch. People will guests will go up and be like, "Where's the bathroom?" And you just watch the the blood drain from their face, and it's, they don't know because they don't go out in the park. They have no idea. I mean, no I know idea. that Bob Chapek would. Duck in and duck out immediately. Run. He'd peek Run into for the, the park, get a picture taken, and he's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. Josh tomorrow on multiple occasions, I've seen him in the park for a yeah. prolonged period of time. On one occasion at Baseline Tap House, he stopped and had a 10-minute conversation with us. Yeah. Like, and he goes, I wish I could sit with you guys and have a beer, but, you know, I can't. And then, yeah. you know, hey, did you guys, what are, what are you guys doing today? Like, he cared. He yeah. seemed to care if people cared. And then we said, hey, Rise went down. He goes, yeah, yeah, we had a little bit of an electrical issue. They're working on it. You know, he's like, he knew what was going on operationally in a park that he was just yeah. buzzing through. Yeah. Right? He he had his finger on a pulse. So, yeah. look, all these people are imperfect. And I know people are going to say, oh, Josh's days, Josh is, blah, blah, blame it. Josh is running circles around what Chapek did when he was running Absolutely, parks. Yeah. I don't agree with everything they do. But I do agree that they have people that someone that cares at least about people it that that's, care, that's yeah. running it. So I don't know that 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 makes him qualified to be CEO one day. I just think it makes him uh, it endears him to the people that care about this thing, right? Yeah. So when he takes the stage, people feel his passion yeah. and energy when he talks about something. He's look, he's a lot more articulate. He's good on the stage, yeah, uh, compared to especially compared to JPEG. Um, 
Ooh, so would I like mean, a so would a hard boiled egg. Yeah, so hard boiled egg would would be about as effective at a D twenty three. The dog in Carousel of Progress is has more stage presence than Bob Chapek. Yeah. But Josh Demar gets up there, and within moments, you feel like he cares about this thing that you care about, and he's passionate. Look, he went up there a couple of years ago, at Destination D twenty three, with nothing new to announce, and made everyone feel like we were on our way to like a, the greatest you know Disney experience. Yeah. It just. It, I mean, it's funny to look back. Churros are back. You know, here's all this stuff that's back. He gets all excited. He had no, nothing new really to share that we didn't already know. But I mean, that passion and that energy, and it's obvious to people that he spends time in the parks and understands them and and understands why people. I once ran into him. He had no handler or anything. He he was sort of dressed down, and he was just going and talking to cast members. And I, I was so impressed by that because that. I can't think of anyone. I never mind Bob Chapek. I can't think of anyone who's run parks and resorts since like Dick Nunes, who maybe actually did that. Like a bunch of them. Like Jay Rizzullo wasn't doing it. None of those people were doing it. But but Josh, to his credit, like you see him. You know he's at everything, right? He was at he was out in Hong Kong, and they stayed, right? They didn't just stay. I was like, because they had the dedication, what, on the 16th of November? And I was like, well, they're out of here by now. And then we got there for the grand opening of the 20th. I was like, oh, Josh is still here. And I think you could even see him. I believe he's in our Frozen Ever After video. I was like, he stayed for several days and, like, saw the thing off through the actual grand opening for guests. And, and yeah, like that's, yeah, and you can hold these no people accountable. No one else would have stayed in Hong Kong for several days like that that's run that division before. I'm it's sorry. perfectly reasonable to say, like, all these people have a little blood on their hands, right? Not everybody's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Bob Iger's an imperfect leader. He simply has the benefit of being better than the guy he replaced again, yeah. right? Josh Tomorrow, same thing, right? Josh Tomorrow came in and he was better than the guy that he replaced. I think he's better and than And he a lot has of a lot of the, uh, ingredients to be someone that that endears himself to Disney fans. Yeah, I'm not saying every decision he's made is great. No, look, and they're, not every they're giving this directive right, great. squeeze more money out of people. That's part of the deal. Yeah. That's part of the deal. Yeah. There's no point where you're running parks and resorts and you get to go. No, we're not going to be more profitable. We're not going to make more money. They, they you did, have to though. do these, but he that's not up to him. They did though. That's they not took a, that is up the to the demands from the board and like all sorts right. of little stuff like the, that, the little right? stuff. But I think they probably could do that by by proving the downsides of that. Right? Yeah. We've lost faith with faith with people yeah. and all this kind of stuff. So, but I don't think they draw a line in the sand. I think the board is going to say we want we want returns. The shareholders yeah. are going to say we want returns, yeah. and it ha- takes a very sophisticated person to to handle that. Yeah. And I don't know that he's ready for that. There's but a, I think in terms of just running the parks and resorts, he's doing a good yeah, job. There's a delicate balance, right, of, right, of can you deliver the quality and still keep shareholders happy? I believe you can, but sometimes I don't know that Disney believes that. Yeah, and look, they're they're constantly fighting all kinds of battles in different directions, right? Yeah. Whether it's dealing with government issues or, and legal issues to fighting off Nelson Peltz and, and other people that want to get a piece of the action, yeah. right? They have activist investors that are looking to, you know, that are scooping up shares where they can and, and trying to do things. They have a lot. There's a lot of sophisticated stuff that goes on. Yeah. And maybe someone that's a really good leader for a Wall Street Time is not the right leader for a time when you're in, you know, there's a time and season for every type of leader, right? And Walt Disney was not, uh, he wasn't the CEO, right? Mm -hmm. Roy was the CEO. Walt was dealing with the creative stuff. The company's named after Walt. 
But Roy was dealing with the, quote, business of the day, right? Yeah. They're different people for different times. If, the, if Walt had been in charge of the finances of the company, we never would have heard of this company. It would have been bankrupt. Yeah. Right? That's fair. He's not rolling in his grave about that. He's not rolling. He's rolling in his grave. We know that. Twitter, Facebook, and every Everyone story agrees. we publish. We can't agree about over what, but he's definitely rolling. I mean, Elon Musk just knows about it today. Who probably he's doesn't a, probably doesn't know a, a lot. It doesn't strike me as a Disney fan who's in touch with all the changes no. that have gone on in the parks. Yeah. He knows it. Everybody knows it. So, well, that's where we are. Twelve episodes deep. Yep. What? Do we get a plaque or anything? When do we get a plaque? A plaque. For I don't know. Me. Don't you get us a plaque if we make enough shows? No. No. I signed up thinking we get this a is, plaque if we hit a million subscribers, but we're still like. Almost 800,000 subscribers away from it. That's where you come in, folks. You can click that uh, like, the little thumbs up, but also click subscribe yeah. so that you never miss the episodes of the podcast on or of news today. If you're watching on YouTube, which uh, many of you are, if you're subscribed on your podcast feed, that's great. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's much more entertaining to watch us eat uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups live. Uh, so you can be a Wakes member to do that. The audio people only heard us eat Reese's. They, yeah, they had to listen to us smacking our lips eating Reese's peanut butter cups. Huh? This is echoing through someone's car right now. Yeah. Someone's going to lose their job. Somebody's somebody's wife is calling and hearing kissy, kissy noises, and he's going to get in trouble when he gets home. So, yeah. We're going to – all right. Well, I guess this wraps it up. Yeah. Um, Tom, who else brings us to the show? What is the carousel? Oh, carousel products. I think I'm wearing a carousel product shirt today. Am I? Oh yeah. If you think this is good, you should have seen Horizons. I'm wearing that today. That's from Carousel Products at carouselproducts.com. We have a handful of Gertie shirts left. I think they're just in small. Do we have more? Are we restocked? There's a few more. There's there's literally I think like ten remaining in existence. But there's a lot of our older stuff. A lot of it discounted. Um, You know, if you're looking for. Some, some it'll definitely if you order it now it's going to arrive for Christmas. So. Do we have a Walt is rolling over in his grave no, T-shirt? We haven't done that, but there's there's Maybe a lot of fun that. stuff there. So go go peruse, go look. We created and a new university yesterday. WWNT by doing it. Well, we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. There's a new school. It, has, it needs a new logo because the one I made was prototype was community temporary college. and not great. <laughs> we'll see. We'll get to that. Thanks for watching. Please like subscribe. And uh, share with your friends. Tell people if you like the podcast. We'll see you next time. See you real soon. That was fun. Tell my buttons to share and look away because it just takes a shirt. (laughs) Oh, I guess I I hate wasting food. There's half a bad Reese's peanut butter cup. I'm going to eat it. Maybe they're better warm.